If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to the complete comp. Get it out. Welcome to the completely unnecessary podcast, and it's unnecessarily humid in San Diego right now. It's Tuesday, August 18th, 2020, the dog days of summer. You keep choking on your words today. That's Ian Ferguson. It's me. I'm Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be talking about the new G.I. Joe game, Apple versus Epic, Battle of the Monsters, play date updated info for the handheld upcoming the very last blockbuster store is now an airbnb which is funny and a couple q a's and a patreon poll topic first ian um we got we got some wares at ultimate we got the pins that's right we got the tang and rbi baseball stickers we got the roll going on like it's a raffle arm length you could do i should do it arm length we got the certain guidebooks so go to ultimate there i'm also on cameo for all your needs Cameo.com slash Pat Contry. And Yoikoi Kids, Ian, is shipping right now. Yeah. I got the alert for my issue. So if you were in on the first pre-order of the Yoikoi Kids annual number one, uh, the zine uh, that we all put together uh, at Yoikoi Kids, um, it will be shipping sometime this week. Some shipped yesterday. Some are shipping today. I'm looking at Rick uh, addressing packages right now. Um Next week, the good news is we'll be doing our second run. Um, so if you missed it, on the 24th, we will have um, open pre-orders for about a week. So as long as you get your order in that week, you'll definitely get one. And we're going to um, determine our second run's print size um, uh, via pre-orders. Uh, to go over the magazine again real quick, it covers 25 games full color cover, uh, black and white inside, bunch of different artists, bunch of different writers, um, all black and white Game Boy games. It's eight bucks. It's cheap. It's fun to read. So yeah, um, next week, Monday, and I'll of course talk about it next week on the podcast, but it'll go up at uh, tinyurl.com slash yokoikidszine. Um, so yeah, keep your eyes open for that. And of course, I'll mention it on Twitter. Your fingernails are looking long right now, Ian. I just, I never noticed that before. Hmm. They're looking sharp. They're looking vampiric. I cut them like four days ago. Yeah, they've grown a lot. Wow. Strange. They look pointy. Yeah, but they're clean. That's all that matters. No, I mean, I'm just saying, I, I've never noticed your fingernails before in seven years in the podcast. I have wide, I, don't know I just noticed it. I have wide nail beds. Um, it, they're incredibly fun nails to paint when I painted my nails all through okay. high school because uh, they're wide. It's like you a. You got thick like a, fingers. You it's, got, like a, it's like a whole canvas. I'm saying you got sausage fingers, but your fingers are thicker than mine. All right. I think. 
You, you could you could you could uh, be a point guard. You can palm the ball and get those one handed passes going. I might be able. Speaking to. of that, we we're talking about NBA Jam uh, before, um, and then someone just digitized their faces into it on, on Twitter. Me and Ian, and I got triggered. Because it was Daniel. It was it was Daniel. Daniel, good old uh, Daniel Greenberg, writer on the upcoming N sixty four book. Winner eye on Daniel, who's getting he's getting married in, in uh, two and a half weeks. So soon, so soon. I wish uh, COVID ruins everything this year, unfortunately, uh, with with things. But um, yeah, he, he I got triggered because I think he gave you John Stark stats. So anything with John Stark's related, I was like, but I got Ewing stats. So there you go. Um, yeah, stats are too good for me. But I it looked like Ewing stats, but it was the first version of NBA Jam with with uh, Barkley. But Starks was not in the first NBA Jam. It was Oakley. So I don't know because the three point was higher than Ewing's, which Oakley never shot a three pointer in his life. Anyway, sorry, I'm getting into too, too into NBA Jam. Speaking of that. There might be a, a cabinet on the way. Uh, someone reached out to me after the after my story last week of the Galaga, the infamous Galaga, and he and he uh, nice nice fellow. And uh, I'll reveal more of the story when it arrives. But there might be a uh, an NBA Jam waiting for us to put together. So thank you out there. I'll talk more about that when it, when it arrives uh, there. Uh, the more I think trolled. about it, the more I think I might end up getting one. Just come over and play mine. No, I want to be able to sit in my living room and play online though. Like against people too. Alan already challenged us. He said, yeah. "We got to play you." Come on, we, we, Ian. This could be our esports in. They're going to try to do esports. <laughs> this is uh, me and you. Come on. I only play as the Hornets. The, what is that? Um, morning? Not morning. Larry Johnson is. In- Honestly, I don't remember who's in the original. Oh. Uh, um, it was Morning and Johnson, I believe, for one of the releases. Well, they got to if they do if they do esports for NBA Jam, they have to like have certain teams you can't play as because like the Bulls are overpowered in that game. Pippen is basically like Jordan in that game. He's like f- almost full on everything. Oh, yeah. With, with Grant. Because uh, Jordan was going to be in the game up to like, I think like the month before they, then they pulled him with the, with the rights uh, to his likeness. He, he opted out of the uh, the Player Association likeness thing, but it was like up to the last minute. Hey, where's that, where's that, where's that original ROM? I think, uh, what was it, Termel said he was going to find that and get that out to everyone um, like years ago. What the? F- I thought I turned my ringer off. Sorry about that. Uh, anyway, um, so they announced a G.I. Joe game. Uh, and I'm a gigantic G.I. Joe fan. It's my favorite cartoon by far ever. And my favorite toy line by far. Like, there's there's not really a close second. Yeah, I grew up... I had some He-Man. I had some Ninja Turtles. I had the, the Marvel and X-Men figures. And I had some Transformers. But G.I. Joe, to me, was like the, the total package of uh, best cartoon to me and best toys combination. Best best vehicles and accessories by far of anything. Um, so um, they announced a new game, and I was shocked because they've treated the GI Hasbro has treated the GI Joe franchise like absolute garbage the past decade with like no real good toys. And there has been a video game I discovered since 2009, since that first crappy movie. Eleven yeah. years without a GI Joe game. There's like a Transformers game like every other like two or three years, and, and a new series just came out, which I actually watched a prequel of Cybertron on Netflix. is really good. And I'm not a big Transformers guy, but it was really good. And they let GI Joe just rot and do nothing. I need to watch um, that Transformers series. I have a, a friend who um, I didn't know said it was out. It was very good. I didn't know it was out until I said, "Oh, Transformers series." Like, is this an old one? And I, I, I think it's relatively recent because I no, just found new. out about. Yeah, I just found out about it a couple weeks ago. But the point is, is that they treat the GI Joe franchise like it's garbage. I'm not sure it's because it's it's militaristic, and it's pro America. And I know some people nowadays don't like that. I don't know why. Uh, it's very marketable. GI Joe was like the very first and truly like diverse cartoon back in the '80s, um, and like 
in terms of the voice acting, it was the best voice acting in any of those shows. When you go back, they wrote it for adults, the episodes. And, like, I don't know why they, they, they don't respect G.I. Joe or people don't. It wasn't just, oh, blue and red lasers. Shut up. Go back and watch the G.I. Joe episodes. Hasbro, since they're not streaming anywhere because they don't respect it, they're now at least uploading the episodes to the Hasbro YouTube channel. And they have a constantly live running of G.I. Joe. So they're trying to get it back. They've released new toys, uh, the classified line this year, and people are pissed because they haven't had a decent G.I. Joe toy in forever. And they have them all. They're all fucking limited. They're all... The Cobra Trooper, a figure that everyone would want to buy, is a Target exclusive that like people bought... I think they bought them all this past weekend. You can't buy them. So now they're getting flipped on, on eBay for like $100 for like a $20 figure. It's like, what are you thinking? You're trying to revive the franchise. Have the figures available to as many people as possible. So in the midst of all this, they announced this like semi-G.I. Joe revival. They announced a game called G.I. Joe Blackout uh, like last week. I did not know this was in development. I guess I know a lot of people did. G.I. Joe Operation Blackout. It's going to come out, what, in a couple months? It's a squad-based third-person uh, shooter here. Um, you can you can uh, be Team Joe, Team Cobra. Um, there's there's missions. There's all the old-school characters. I think there's like six six on each side. I don't know if they're all revealed yet, all the characters. But you got, you know, you got Cobra. You got Storm Shadow. You got the Baroness. You got Destro. You got Scarlet Duke. Of course, Snake Eyes, because everything's got to have Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow and Duke. Um... And there's not, I guess, a huge amount of detail so far on this game, but I hope Roadblock's in there. I hope this is something I would enjoy as a game, because boy, does GI Joe need a shot in the arm in the worst way in terms of pop culture. They are they are making the Storm Shadow, uh, Snake Eyes movie, which I hope it can't be worse than the two GI Joe movies that came out. What was it 2009 and 13? But um, it can't be. Those were bad movies, Ian. I know people out there were pissed about the Transformers movie that came out, but the Transformers movie and those characters resembled somewhat the Transformers of the cartoon. You know, the personalities, you had the voice actor come back. The G.I. Joe movies did not resemble the cartoon at all, except for the guys had the same names. Some of them had the same names. They didn't have the same personalities, outfits. It was cheap looking. There was none of the cartoon like style in those movies anyway so and you got fucking five Transformers movies and and, and the Bumblebee movie was actually really good the one that just came out that's what I heard that's a six movie actually six movies so you had six Transformers movies in 14 years or so and that last one was actually pretty good because it goes back to the 80s um, anyway don't don't troll me on G.I. Joe so okay you know, I'm on the website Co- co-op and, and player versus player multiplayer uh, there's capture the flag assault king of the hill and deathmatch arena um, there, there is a single player campaign thankfully because that's what I'd be interested in checking out 18 weapons 36 weapon skins 12 alternate character skins there are 12 guys 6 on each side and a series of uniquely devastating ultimate abilities alright um, so the ultimate abilities the fact that there's different characters to me it sounds like it's going to go after that um, uh, hero type of uh, third or first person shooter so my guess is it's going to be similar to Overwatch or Valorant or Paladins or any number of games that are out Where now. you build up like your ultimate and you unleash it with your squad. Basically yeah each, yeah each character is obviously designed with a you know sort of job in place and there's an ultimate attack that you build up it's you know you're, you're it's, it's a strategic sort of thing um 
And when I hear that, I'm like, that's a modern game, but G.I. Joe fans are not young. And and it's like He-Man fans. Like I'm sure the average He-Man fan age is like 41, 42. And G.I. Joe is probably a little bit younger than that because G.I. Joe is a little bit later than He-Man, but not by far. And, and G.I. Joe went longer than He-Man did in terms of the toy popularity and cartoons. It went, went longer into the 90s. But not by a lot, by like four years only. Um, so I'll give this a shot. I hope I like this game because, like I said, G.I. Joe cannot... The franchise and IP cannot afford like a failure or a dud. Um, they can't, and I want to see like a real movie series, uh, not 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 whatever the hell they came out with before, with Channing Tatum, Tatum Channing, and The Rock coming back in the second one, and they never doing a, a. You know the second movie was Ian. We'll kill off all the GI Joes. So we do a cheap movie where there's like five GI Joes left alive instead of actually having it, and they're all on the run, hanging out like in a fucking abandoned apartment. That was your GI Joe movie, the sequel. It was fucking awful. Like I couldn't watch the damn thing. Wow! And they brought back t- uh, Tanning Tatum. Channing Tatum Channing Tatum they brought him back to be killed off spoilers in the first 10 minutes like the star from the first one came back for 10 minutes and killed him off wow in the first one because Zartan became the president at the end of the first one and ordered an airstrike on the G.I. Joe team because that would have happened in real life oh I want to kill some some U.S. soldiers Just we'll just do an airstrike without a second thought it's like that would have happened anyway so um, yeah I guess I'm more whining about them disrespecting the G.I. Joe property Hasbro more than anything else um, I'm not sure they, 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 they probably had comics the past 10 years but no one reads comics anymore that's not how we get our pop culture anymore it's all it's all vi- video games and, and Netflix series and movies that hopefully come out again in theaters before we're dead here so would you be interested in checking this out not being a G.I. Joe fan not not particularly no when I, when I saw this I'm like like how would you put out a G.I. Joe uh, yeah there's mobile games they don't count um, how would you put out a G.I. Joe game in the modern times I guess it'd be this. Um, you could do a first-person shooter, I, I, I guess, and just swap out the assets. Like, that would be an easy thing to do. Like, I'd be interested in, in that. But maybe this is the way you do it. Maybe it's squad-based, because when you watch a G.I. Joe cartoon, they're in squads. There's always at least six to eight of them. So. Oh, yeah, I was going to say it makes sense. But but you you got you to gotta broaden the, the, the Joes here. It's always the same, like, five or six G.I. Joes. So, all right. You went about... Mario's nipples. You want to talk Mario's about? nips? Mario's nipples were um, a, a hot topic uh, a few years ago uh, when Mario Odyssey came out. Um, he has a little swimwear outfit. He has a <laughs> swimwear <laughs> outfit, and he can run around, and he has his uh, little bitties out, um, and they were, you know, of you know, visible, and people uh, people went nuts over this. Uh, and then apparently in um, the Mario and Sonic Olympic Games. Um, game uh, apparently you can see a bare-chested Wario, so nipples, you know. Oh, uh, fan art coming at you, I'm sure. Nipples uh, in the in the Mushroom Kingdom, you know, they're a thing. They acknowledge them, but uh, and I actually saw this. It's funny that someone wrote an article on it. I saw Nintendo post this picture, the Stay Cool Mario picture, to Twitter the other day, August 12th, and uh, hits him uh, reclining on a beach chair uh, like he deserves with a uh, crab. In the forefront, the crab in the forefront, and uh, it looks like two cu- two glasses of juice on the side. Uh, I, I guess we can not daiquiris. It has to be juice because it's Nintendo. It's vacation juice. That's vacation what, juice. That's, yes. that's what Nintendo called it in yes. uh, in Animal Crossing. Vacation juice. Vacation juice. Um, Was that really what they call it? You drink vacation juice at the club. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, my eyes. Uh, I was like, "Are we going to see more nip?" And we don't. There's no nipples on Mario's chest in this picture. They have erased Mario's nipples. It's nipple erasure. 
Look, you, you're not seeing any nipples. There's no nipples down there. It's almost like the, you can see almost the shadow of one, but it's it's really strange. Yeah, there's definitely no nip. Um, I don't know. It's weird. Nipple erasure is strange. Can, Just let the man have his nipples. Can, I think we can handle nipples, I think Nintendo. we can, Nintendo. It's fine. I think we can handle nipples. We can handle a nip. They're hu- he's a human, Mario. Yeah. It's a human. Nipples are a very to, human I, thing. I know you're trying to retcon Mario where he's like 25 years old and not from Brooklyn anymore and, and not a plumber, but it's a human being. They have a nipple. We're, we're okay seeing nipples. He's 56 years old and sometimes <laughs> he likes to take his shirt off and flash his nipples around. I was going to say 48. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> However whatever. old Captain Lou was in the cartoon, like 48 years old or so. That's, you know, that, or 52. That's good. Yeah, he's so fresh-faced looking now that he looks like he's you know he's he's a freshman in college, but he has what bothers me the most now is now the mus- the mustache is black, but the hair is like a light brown. So he's dyeing one or the other, uh, but it matches the eyebrows. So he's he's di- Mario's dyeing his hair now on vacation. He's a hair suit individual. Do you think they were like waxing his chest and they took his nipples off with it? I don't know, but he doesn't have any hair on, it, on his <laughs> legs, his armpits. Like I said, you're Italian. That that's an impossibility uh, there. So anyway, so all right, that's that's interesting. We're, we're trying to stay cool, Mario. We're trying to here. Um, in other interesting mascot news, uh, nipples? No, no Sonic nipples. nipples were, were... No, thank goodness there are no Sonic nips. Um, but there has been a Sonic the Hedgehog statue um, in the Kansai region's Mie Prefecture of Japan uh, since 2009. It's a Sonic the Hedgehog statue. It's him riding a, a snowboard, and it's just kind of been placed in the woods, uh, slightly out of the way, and has been there. No one knows how it got just there. Randomly in the woods. Just randomly, the Sonic statue showed up, and um, like I said, been there since 2009. It's appeared in YouTube videos. Um, I think it's been written about before. But uh, that statue was recently discovered to have a full-on overhaul with fresh, shiny paint applied to it. Now, I don't wow. know how tall this statue is, but I'm. it looks like it's probably at least three feet. Three to four feet? Three to four feet. Yeah, it's a big statue. Um, it's like something that might have like in a Sega store? Or so the best... Arcade? So the, the story is the, the, the best uh, idea they have is that the statue once belonged to an official, se- uh, official Sega World theme park a few towns away from its oh, current okay. location. Sonic was purchased by a group of local farmers and industrialists who live nearby, and he has been living in the woods for about 10 to 15 years. Well, it's, it's going to get damaged in the elements there. If you're going to buy that, you got to you got to put it indoors. I mean, I, I want to know. I mean, did they all just like, I want to know what this group is. Was it like... Was it a yard sale? Was it 10 friends that got together and they were like, it would be really cool to stash this in the woods so that everyone can walk by a Sonic statue and go, why the hell is this here? So, so someone had have seen this and be like, all right, I'm going to come back with like, what was it six, seven different colors? So this article on Nintendo Life says, assuming this is true, does this mean that these local farmers are also responsible for Sonic's new glow up? We can't really imagine a group of locals working day and night to give Sonic a much needed sparkle. But who knows? I mean, who knows? I, I would not have thought of them to have gotten together to purchase a well, Sonic statue to store in the woods anyway. Here's a clue. Huh. It, this thing is like uh, tied to the trees to keep it up. It looks like a fresh tie on it. You see that tie on the, on the left of it versus the original picture? They, they, they replaced it or painted it. No, I think they still, painted it. I don't think they replaced it. I think oh. they probably took it down. So they had, someone had to take it down and put it back up and tie it back up. Yeah, I think they took it down, 
I don't know, sanded it, repainted it, and then hung it back up. But it's pretty excellent. Yeah, it looks it looks nice and shiny. It probably looks closer to how it originally looked. Yeah, I would love if they could put like a, a top coat something on there. You know, the, the true coat. You need the true coat. Oh, I'm sure they protected uh, it. They but, sprayed it with something. Yeah. The true got, coat. Gotta have that true coat. Are you trying to, trying to do a Fargo I was gonna say, yeah. Season 4 is coming out. They skipped a couple of years. Fargo is one of the best. I've only ever seen the movie. The shows are like outstanding. Yeah, that's what I've heard. They're all different time periods. They don't connect to each yeah. other. They're, they're great. I always mix up, mix up the seasons. Fucking love that movie, though. Will McGregor played uh, twins in the third season. Uh, okay. Uh, anyways, that's interesting. And there's a nice YouTube video about it here. The mystery of the Sonic uh, statue here. So, all right. Well, I was going to do a trip to Japan this year. Uh, obviously, I can't do a trip anywhere uh, this year. Uh, but uh, that'd be interesting to see. In the Oh, no, it's big. Oh, boy. There's a guy next to it. Ooh, that's a big statue. That's bigger than I thought. Where's the guy's head for reference in the shot? Oh, that's like a six-foot statue. Oh, all right. His head's the size of, of the, the foot and ankle, looks like. Unless the perspective's really off. I'm trying to get... Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a five-foot statue. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a big well, statue. That's a big statue. That's, yeah, when you when we put the hair... Yeah, that had to come, that'd be in a theme park, like in a, in a store hanging up or somewhere, entrance somewhere. Wow. Okay, so that was some work to be done. That was some work. But a team of like a couple of people could have done that in a you know, few hours, probably. Kindly farmers. All right. Uh, what else is going on? Oh, we got uh, we got some game prototypes. Yeah, this wasn't going to make the main topic because there's not a lot of information on this, but um, there was four NES prototypes found, I guess by the same person bought them all in, Ak- in an Akihabara uh, store uh, at Beep. That's one of the more famous ones, right? Yes. Um. So four were found, and there it was Mike Dicka's play big play football was found that was not released here. A U.S. localization of quarterback scramble, which was also not released here, which was released in Japan though. NES port of a uh, advanced Dungeons Dragons game, which did not come out here, called Dragons of Flame, which came out in Japan. And then there are two games that did come out here, uh, prototypes: Heroes of the Lance, and what was the fourth one that was listed here? Uh, that's not listed in this for some reason, and they were cheap. It looks like uh, a thousand yen each. So someone got a deal. Yeah, if those were the um, a- if that was the actual price, someone got a freaking steal on those. So the original it, the original Twitter was on August fourteenth. A uh, tweet from uh, Jiro Nosuke ninety nine, and it was uh, it was uh, tweeted back out by uh, Hayamo Aria XJ eighteen. And um, no word on these are going to be dumped or not. But there is YouTube video of Mike Dick's play, big play football. I believe there's more than one of those that exist. Um, yeah, because the video on YouTube is six years old, so there's more than one. I'm not sure if that one was ever dumped. This, the one that was that that from this video six years ago. But um, hopefully, hopefully, you know, we will give these two to a dump that haven't been dumped before. Yeah, it'd be nice to see uh, the fourth one. Why can't I find information on the fourth one here? Translate tweet. The tweet says, translated, When I saw the old photo, it came out. A photo of Beepsan in Akiha when I bought an NES sample cassette. All right, well, obviously that's uh, not the best Google translation there. Uh, but um, anyway, interesting. On, on Google Translation, Ian, uh, I'll have to bring this up because it was a breakthrough, which I didn't think about. We're, we're thinking of, um, for the N64 book, about the Japanese games and going you know going full reviews for those. It's about 90 titles right. in Japan. And we're thinking, okay, some of the writers are intimidated. How do we do this? Uh, we went through it, me and John, the editor. It's only about 
15 games or so where you need, would need like full Japanese to play. There's like five or six uh, RPGs, about five. There's like a board game. Uh, there's a dating sim slash party game that nice. came out in Japan. And a couple others. There's like, there's that um, horse raising game. Not even horse racing. You raise horses to sell the derby game. So um, Christina was like, well, use the Google Translate app. And I'm like, what? And that reminded me of when we talked about the machine learning that they're starting to build into emulators using that mm-hmm. on the fly. But you have to have an emulator where it's built in. But, like, you can literally even load up, like, there's a fishing game that came out in Japan. Fast fishing, and just put your phone in front of it, and in real time, it'll just translate on your phone. You can read the menus and everything. It's like, that's brilliant. It's freaking brilliant. <clears throat> that is pretty cool. So we just figured that out a couple days ago. That's how we're going to do it, uh, probably. So, sorry. Had to bring that up. All right. Ian, mm. we love corporate versus corporate, corporate battling. Oh, no, we skipped something. We skipped, we skipped the Centipede game. Astropede. Sorry. I didn't think we were talking about it because there's right. nothing to say about Astropede. it. Astropede. Speaking of prototypes real quick, um, there was a, a Genesis prototype on Earth called Astropede. At least, at least it, was a, a, it was a video listed on YouTube a couple years ago that was unlisted. Or excuse me. It was found out that I guess someone got into it. And it's, it's like a Sonic E platforming game where you're like a, a space centipede running well, around. Well, straight up uses Sonic assets. It uses yeah. graphics from Sonic the Hedgehog. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks interesting, but nothing else is really known about it. Um, former Sega employee uh, Craig Stitt believes he has a physical copy somewhere and is looking for it to share. So we'll you know keep up on that one. We'll keep up on that. And that's it for the intro. If you're watching on YouTube, we have a full audio podcast. Or click that join button. Click the join button next to subscribe. Join. If I'm subscribed, Ian is join. And you click that, you can get segments in the full podcast. Click me. Full video one. All right. Ian. Yeah. We love the, the, the these gigantic corporate versus corporate battles that, that come up. We, I don't. We love taking sides because taking sides is what we do on, on the CU podcast when it comes to uh, a trillion dollar corporation versus a billion dollar corporation. So initially, so basically... Um, Epic Games is suing Apple for the removal of for uh, and and uh, Google um, now for the removal of Fortnite from the App Store and the Google Play Store. So if somehow you've missed this, here's what's here's what's gone down. It's only happened the past like four days. This has gone down. Here's what's happened. Yeah, it's big. I'm just saying. You know, if you, if you follow this stuff online frequently, you, you may know about this. But if not, how did it start, Ian? What happened was basically uh, Epic put an option in Fortnite on mobile phones that you could buy your V-Bucks, which is the currency that you use in Fortnite to buy uh, skins and dances and things like that. How they make their money. Yeah, how they make their money. It's how you buy your cosmetic shit. Um, Normally, you'd buy them through the Apple Store. Well, Apple gets a 30% cut. Of any transaction. Of any transaction. That's for buying a song, buying a movie, uh, anything. Game. So, Epic, thinking, we don't want Apple to be taking our money, put a direct payment option in, and you would get your V-Bucks at a discount. Thinking, hey, I'm getting a discount, I'm getting more, why not, I'll just go through the, I guess, into the app. And through that option, uh, Epic would get all of the money. Well, Apple immediately said, oh, no, no, no. And pulled. Um, <laughs> That's how Mr. Apple said it. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Top hat. Oh, no, no, no. Um, and pulled Fortnite from um, the App Store. Epic responded one hour later with a lawsuit ready to go. Oh, they knew it. 
and uh, a mock, uh, a mock, um, the nineteen eighty four commercial, a, yeah, a, a mock parody, uh, basically a parody of the uh, famous Apple nineteen eighty four commercial that Apple put out as a diss against IBM stranglehold, stranglehold on the computer market. So they kind of reversed it onto Apple stranglehold right. of apps, which is what this is kind of about. Same thing happened with the Google Play Store. So Google's like, all right. Google called Apple and said, hey, we're going to do this too. We're going to be, because this is bad for us if they get away with this. So um, immediately people were picking sides. And I just, I, 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 at first, I didn't care. I have, I mean, Epic is a game maker, but they are, they are a billion dollar company. They make plenty of money. To me, this was... They don't was, make Unreal. This was me watching two... Initially, this was me watching two brats just fight over shit. And it was kind of annoying to watch everyone immediately treat it like sports. However, uh, you know, after sitting there for a day and reading takes on it... Um, yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was weird as, just real quick, sorry, Ian. It was weird to see people say, well, they broke Apple's terms of service. Like, it's like... Why are you taking Apple? Like, right, Apple side and like why are you? I was Apple I was side? never pro Apple, but it's hard for me to like get right behind you know Epic too, just because it's yeah. No, I get that. It's, yeah, I mean we'll get into like who's probably in the right and wrong here legally, but like why would you automatically assume Apple should be able to take whatever yes. they want? No, 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 no. Apple has a monopoly on on apps and the platform, which we'll get into. It's one of those things where Apple is the bad guy, but I didn't really necessarily see a good guy in the situation. But, but to automatically just go behind Apple, I thought was like the weirdest thing ever. Apple fans are very, very weird. Because Apple... And I have an iPhone. But I, I, so have, an I. I, I have an iPhone because it's what I know. I, I don't own any other Apple products. Apple is the Orwellian company they railed against in the 80s. They yes. are now that. So... <laughs> um. So my, my my thinking is, after reading a bunch of people's opinions, I do realize that while I, I don't necessarily have to root for Epic in this scenario, if they can get this 30% um, cut to... If they if they can help negotiate this or, or enact some change where the 30% cut doesn't... is no longer the standard. Sure. That is good for many of my friends who are independent developers... Uh, all people who are developers, especially the smaller developers, it's good for everyone. It's good for everyone because they will make more money, and then you don't have to charge as much to make up the problem. That's the whole thing right. about the Epic Store going down at twelve percent. It's like developers keep more. You can pri- undercut the Steam price. E- everyone wins. It's competition, and obviously it was a calculated move that Epic oh, yeah. they were going to pull. They knew, yeah, it. they had been. They, this has probably been being in the in the works for at least a month. And I don't know. I don't know what this is going to. What they're going to probably do is, I know Apple. They're always trying to do anti-monopoly lawsuits against Apple. This probably goes towards that. Where like, there's no other way they can compete on an Apple device except through iOS. That's part of it. It's like it's not the same as Google and Android because Android is many companies making Android phones and devices. You can you can buy stuff for Google Play Store not just on a phone on any Google Android device. So it's different than Apple, where you have to play ball not just through Apple's interface, but Apple's devices. Apple not just owns the store, they basically they basically tell you how to make the merchandise to come into their store. Like it's a, It really is a monopoly for a platform that we have not seen before to that extent now. So I think that's what obviously Epic is trying to do. They're trying to break that. They're trying to come, have someone come in and say, this is no good. This is this is a monopoly. This is anti 
capitalism to the extreme uh, when it comes to that. Um, but I guess no one saw that the nuke that Apple was going to drop in response to the lawsuit. And that's where this has totally changed. And people are like, what the fuck's going on the past couple of days? Yeah, so Apple has threatened to boot Epic and the Unreal Engine off of Mac and iOS. Any Epic dev tool. Like, that's... Yeah. And I don't think they have the legality to do that, but I also... I, I, but I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very smart in those matters. Um, it's also extremely, extremely petty, because not everything made with the Unreal Engine is owned by Epic. The no. Unreal Engine is something that any developer can use or license out to make their own games. So to do that is to punish people who have nothing to do with the ongoing spat. And Epic had to reveal this. Epic wrote in a court filing uh, that, Epic, that Apple said its membership and developer program will be terminated as of August 28th. According to Epic, Apple's move threatens not only Fortnite, but also every game that uses Unreal Engine. By August 28th, Apple will cut off Epic's access to all development tools necessary to create software for Apple's platforms, including for the Unreal Engine Epic offers to third-party developers, which Apple has never claimed violated any Apple policy. So if you're a dev, then it's like, oh, if I got to do an update and I'm using the Unreal Engine, you're fine. Or, or if I'm already developing something, or like you can't do anything uh, anymore. If your membership is terminated, you may no longer submit apps to the App Store, and your apps still available for distribution will be removed. So it's you're wiping out. I don't know how many games and apps use Unreal Engine, but it's probably not a small amount. Obviously, Unity probably uses the most probably at this point. But obviously, I mean, for small developers, Unity is a big one. But Unreal Engine is definitely used. So this is why they're fast forwarding. They're going to court like next week to like. Oh wow! For an, uh, yeah, oh yeah, because this is serious. Yeah, they're moving. They're that. looking for an injunction. To say this is bullshit. Apple can't do this. So obviously, the Fortnite lawsuit itself that that might go on for rage on forever. Uh, that one. This one though, a judge might say, no, this is bullshit. You can't do this. Like this. Otherwise, you're going to have literally apps disappear from the store. Sure. Um, yeah, Epic says Apple has become what it once rallied against, the behemoth seeking to control markets, block competition, and stifle innovation. Epic alleged in its suit. Apple is, alleged. Apple is bigger, more powerful, more entrenched, and more pernicious than the monopolists of yesteryear. At a market cap of nearly $2 trillion, Apple's size and reach far exceeds that of any technology monopolist in history. So even if you're like, well, Epic isn't necessarily the, the, the good guy here, but if Epic wins this for the little guy... Epic's the good guy in helping to get rid of some of this monopoly. Epic's practice. the good guy in this scenario. It's just hard to sometimes admit that in a world of corporate shit slinging, that there is someone that you would pref- you would back more sure. than the other. But the thirty percent take, which is now I don't know what Nintendo takes. Uh, thirty. From. We're going to get to that. Oh, they do. So thirty percent was established as just some sort of weird norm that I don't know where it came from in terms of digital. I got to go back in history and say what was the first. 30% take. Was that, I don't know, the Xbox Live Store? I, I don't know where that came from. And how that um, was basically probably a handshake agreement behind the scene between everyone. Hey, we're all going to do 30%. We all win. We're not going to undercut each other. Apple Store was, um, I think, probably the first, honestly. Was that before the, the Xbox Live Arcade? I would think so. Or around yeah. the same time? I think. Yeah, so, or, or you're right. I mean, close to So it. we're talking mid-2000s. Yeah. Um, I was reading an article on Ars Technica, and they were wondering, though, aloud, which is fair, why um, Epic is, you know, um, going after the uh, the App Store and uh, the Google Play Store and not, you know, the consoles. Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo all take 30%. Um, 
I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one is simply you can't fight a million battles at once. You've got to fight. I, I, it would not be smart for them to take on. Uh, oh sure, Apple and Google and Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo at the same time. There's there's no benefit to that. Sure, but the other reason is, and whether or not I I necessarily agree, there, I, I believe in some of this. I still think the thirty percent is too high. But um, Epic's Tim Sweeney did actually say something about it. This is a quote from that article. There's a rationale for the thirty percent fee on console, where there's enormous investment in hardware, often sold below cost, and marketing campaigns and sure. broad partnership with publishers. Basically, you're getting something in return for your 30%. I didn't have to put up for any of the hardware. They right. put up You're selling your hardware at a loss. I'm on your hardware. Okay, you can have a little bit we of this. It. You constantly promote me in your store. We do cross-branding promotions, partnerships. Sure. That's basically what he's saying. So, But on open platforms, 30% is disproportionate to the cost of the services these stores perform, such as payment processing, download bandwidth, and customer service. So... I, you, yeah. you don't get anything extra versus the consoles, what are right. you saying? I think the 30% is a bit much across the board, especially for smaller developers, but he does, I think, have at least some points that on the systems, you're, you're, getting, you're getting something for that money. So this might have come... I'm guessing, let's see, was Steam before the Xbox Live Arcade? Uh, uh, Steam came out September 12th, 2003. Yeah, that's before XBLA, I think. That was a couple years later? I think. Uh, on the original Xbox... Um, so anyway, so we're talking something that's been around for like 16, 17 years. Um, was, was Xbox Live Arcade? I'm looking. Okay. So that's established. And then everyone sees, well, they're doing 30%. I'm going to do 30%. We're going to do it on Android uh, you know, devices, Google Play. We're going to do it on iTunes. And then it, and I guess you go from there. So, yeah. This is going to get ugly. This is a lot. This is this is. Billions of dollars at stake over time. May twelfth, two thousand and four was Xbox Live. So right, okay, so right after Steam. So that's what we're talking about. Like this is like digital. The, the digital distribution gets ramped up. If you don't count like you know iTunes on iPods and yeah. things like that. Um, so yeah, this is going to get ugly. This is going to go on for a year, and um, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen if if if, uh, if they win. What like what happens is Apple then have to automatically then have to negotiate prices depending upon developer like i have no idea how this works but again this is they do have a monopoly on like you cannot get their app via ios and and, like they own the phones it's locked in it's all apple and i think that's where they're going to have the strength in the argument where it's like well we have this version of our game we can't sell it anywhere else right it's the only place we can sell it and we don't have a choice you can make the argument for the the console all there's different consoles you can you know you can do it on on the computer so yeah, it's, it's interesting. Maybe take some of that extra money, Epic, and you uh, finish your Unreal game. How about that, buddies? <laughs> Ian, summer is in full swing, and what better way to enjoy a nice, relaxing time with friends and family but with Miller High Life? Miller High Life is an unpretentious quality beer. You can celebrate the wins of every day with Miller High Life. Big or small, there's always moments with every day that are worth celebrating. Yesterday, Vani and I both head off and we had to get a lot of cleaning done around the house. And it was hot. It's been real hot around here lately. So it was nice at the end of the day when everything was finished to uh, crack into the champagne of beers and have a couple Miller High Lifes. Refreshing and easy drinking. This summer, Miller High Life will raise a can to celebrate summer's simple moments with limited edition champagne cans. Those moments don't have to be big to call for a celebration. It's just 
maybe having a backyard barbecue or watching a movie with friends. You can find these limited edition cans in stores now. Miller High Life has been faithfully brewed the same way since its start on New Year's Eve in 1903. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So Polymega um, is uh, getting is, is in the news and is getting more press. Um, it got a review um, from Nintendo Life. Uh, so the Polymega, for those who don't know, or uh, we haven't brought it up so much recently because there hasn't been a lot of news on it, Polymega is a st- it's a system where the base unit is basically it's a CD-ROM uh, system, CD-ROM based system, and it can play. Uh, multiple systems through the use of emulation. So it's an emulation console. Yeah, it's an emulation console. So the base unit Polymega, I believe, covers um, PlayStation, uh, Saturn, uh, Turbo CD slash PC Engine CD, and I'm probably missing Neo Geo CD. Neo Geo CD. Does it do Sega CD? Oh, I believe it does. If it does Saturn, not Sega CD, that'd be weird. It would be. Um. And it's been in development for how long, Pat? Do you have three years? Three years, 2017. I believe. So, um, they've been sending out some of these units to people for testing and along with patches and stuff like that. Um, and it has a, you know, a, a front end, um, a graphical front end uh, that can do things like recommend uh, games based on what you're playing, uh, etc. But the um, so the review, I, the one thing I wanted to point out is that Saturn emulation is the thing that has uh, I think a lot of people have been most curious about because Saturn emulation has for a long time been um, very problematic, uh, very touch and go, not always working, um, and supposedly so far on the Polymega uh, ha- has been surprisingly solid. I think because they've been working with the the Saturn uh, emulator writers directly. I guess to help out. That would make a lot of sense. Um, Which is cool. The question is, I I think, whether or not anyone really wants... It depends on if you want an emulation console and if that's good enough for you or if you... um, if you want something that's FPGA or, or actual hardware. Uh, there's been a lot of delays with Polymega, and they did themselves no uh, favors when they uh, came out um, and basically kind of attacked the FPGA stuff and said that most people aren't going to care for that. Uh, After, originally, it was supposed to be semi-FPGA, right. hybrid emulation, and then at the, at the 11th hour, they said, oh, no, it's just software emulation. And everyone was like, what the fuck? This is what wasn't what you were purporting this to be for the last year before they did it. They did a pre-order as well, was it? Mid-2018? That's when they started them? Yeah, that's when the launch trailer came out, like late, like August, September-ish, 2018. Um, but up to that point, for the past year, when it was re- when it was the retro blocks, people thought this was going to be something closer to an analog, sort of FPGA. Console. Right. And so the, the rug was pulled out from under them, and a lot of people were not happy with that. And then they were not happy that Polymega took shots at analog for some, uh, you know, well, yeah. analog, analog, analog kind of teased them as well uh, here and there. But, I mean, they took shots at, a, at an existing product that already came out. Right. Which was weird. Yeah, that that I, uh, that was my only real issue there, was that yeah. you're taking... Yeah. Um, the base... So, we didn't even touch on modules yet. So, there are modules that you can buy for the Polymega um, that will allow you to play um, Nintendo games. Uh, NES cartridges. Nintendo, Genesis, Super Nintendo... 
Triple graphics card. Triple graphics. Yeah. Those I, four. I think those are the four. And then, real quick, we have to talk about this because they had stretch goals originally on their website. Remember, this was not an Indiegogo. This was not a Kickstarter. They had stretch goals on their website, and they included things, including, like, if they raised a certain amount of money to do an N64 module. And I don't know how in the fucking hell they would have been able to do that in the, with the state of N64 emulation the way it is. It would have been, I will say, impossible for them to have done an authentic module emulation-based uh, for the Polymega. That was pie in the sky. They would have had to have... Because I'm dealing with now with, with, with the writers. Like, in order to really emulate an N64 well, you actually need a high-power graphics card or a decent one in order to get the graphics somewhat accurate to how it looked on a TV. We are years and years away, probably, from good software alone um, N64 emulation, if at all. It's that complicated, the architecture. Sure. So that's all I'm going to say about it. Sorry. So the review is uh, positive about it. Uh, It says that it does everything it does well, and um, I admit that it is kind of tempting um, to to see kind of an all-in-one replacement system. Um, I always wonder, you know, what will happen if my uh, PC Duo R dies down, uh, dies uh, if I can't get it repaired, if they become too expensive. It's nice to know that there is something that I could technically cobble together here using the um, base unit and the, the turbo module. Um, I'm hoping that would be region free. Uh to you know still play those games physically the difference is it's just it's like it, it comes down to the it's the base unit is four hundred dollars that's expensive the well, uh, it was 300 at first right i believe it was 300 i i don't remember the i can't find the info it, it i believe it was 300 at first yeah. i thought it was 360 for the modules because I remember we did a count of you have to get everything it was between like five and six hundred dollars was something in that area i remember Something like that. I'm not going... Uh, yeah, the, the price going up, so it's more expensive than, than they had uh, planned. Um, and I, I just think, at that point, spending $400 for emulation... Which, by the way, you can only pre-order it now on walmart.com. If you don't want to mess around with emulators and stuff like that, then that's fine. And I admit that it's kind of a nice-looking package in the convenience is uh, very, very cool. Um, But also, it being an emulation machine, you're not doing anything on the Polymega that you couldn't conceivably do on a PC. You're not going to get that front end, but you could still do this. Yeah, you're not going to get your all-one plug and then you you hook up to a TV easily. Right. That's basically what it is. You're not going to get, you know, the database that connects to everything. Because that's basically what's happening here. It's just like, it's a, basically, like the Retron 5, but for but for you know disk-based games where you know it reads the ROM, it connects it to the, it has to be in the database in order to play it on on the emulator. That's that's what this is. So when they announced this first, God, when was this announced? I remember seeing this at SoCal. Was it early 2017? It's been like almost four years. This has been developing for like four years. It had to have been. Um, the difference is now, even the past three years, we've had Mega SG Super NT came out. Uh, the, the the Mini NT came out in the past three years. I believe, right? Um, or barely that. And now you've had the analog pocket. You had all of their solutions to fit this hole, especially the HDMI 
for old games with all the different cables. Now, three years, four years ago, there weren't the cables. Now there's cables for every system. Right, there are. Well. Yeah, for, and that, for the original consoles. That's the thing. A lot of the things that may have made this a little bit more appealing back then are now commonplace now. Let's also not forget that in the time since this was announced, there has been lots of progress on FPGA cartridges the, that run CD games. And the Mr. And the Sega Saturn flash drives you can buy to, to basically swap out your, you know... Right. Your drives, like there's so many. The Mister doesn't do Saturn, but like the Mister, you know, is FPGA and has cores for tons of different sure. things. You have your analog devices, um, and then, like I was saying, uh, the big appeal I think for this early on, uh, you know, was um, the fact that it would do the CD yes. images and it would play the that actual, was it to me, and it would play the actual CD games. Look, if we're emulating anyways, I don't think that there's a whole lot of difference between using your actual disc and a ROM. And now you can get the Terra Onion Super System Three. You can get the Terra Onion uh, Genesis uh, Mega CD cart, where you can load all of your Sega CD images and Genesis images okay. onto one cartridge. So you don't need the console anymore. You don't need the console anymore. You don't need a you don't need a disc option. We are we are phasing anymore. out the, the disc system slowly. Right. So you know if you want to actually and, and, and if you want to play if you're the type of person who actually collects physically for these systems, I think you're probably the type of person like me who has the original hardware. If you're that hardcore into uh, an obscure CD-based system, you probably have the hardware, or you already you already have the cords. Because as we've said, they, they all these systems have cords and mods now, and I think it's really missed its window of any real excitement. Yeah, I mean, Nintendo, Nintendo Life gave it a, a decent review, though. They said it's, it's yeah. You know, it said the, the Sega Saturn emulation is surprisingly good for what it is. It's cool that well, we didn't talk about like you can like rip you can rip all the games and store them. So that's the thing. Like, you put the disc in once, you never have to do it again. You know, things like that. So, you know, there, there's... You, know, you, get like a ter- you get a terabyte, it looks like, internal storage on this. So, like, yeah. So there's, there's some benefits to here. But $400 is a lot. Um, I think... I'm not telling... Obviously, I'm not telling them how to run their business. If I was them, I would not have cared about the modules at all. Get out the base unit. Get out the base unit... Do not worry about these well, extra modules. Well, this is modules. so different from what it started as that, like, what they talked about initially is not what this is now. Like, they've just sure. constantly changed but, it. But if they focus their R&D just on the base unit and try to target, like, a $200 price point, best they can, get the base unit out for the disc, that's the that's the main competitive advantage versus everything else is the disc stuff. Do that. Worry about the modulars years later because... I guarantee you, like, this is not a product without the disc. So don't worry about the four modules and worry about which, I guess, are just... The, the, the modules are glorified, just, you know, adapters. That's had, basically what they are. Had they... Yes. Had they put this out within the original timeline, those adapters may have seemed more appealing, but anyone who wants who wanted this for those adapters has already found it another... Yes. If this came out, like, two years ago... Yeah. At, like, even 250, and then worry about the adapters years later, I think it would have been a success. Or at least, a, like... There's still people that want to buy this, but again, at four hundred dollars, that's a tougher ask for a lot of people nowadays. I mean, you're you're talking that's what a you know a PS4 beefed up what, what PS4 Pro costs, right? Like four hundred dollars, something like that. A uh, PS4 Pro is about four hundred, yeah. So now now it's a bigger ask. So anyway, so that's our update on this because people ask us you know almost every week, what's our update on the Polymega? It's like it's in beta testing. I have no idea. Yeah, it's supposed to come out to like all the backers and everyone else still like. I guess November is the date now that they're targeting, which I guess is everything is I understand is pushed back. But when you're developing your own console, whatever date you think is going to come out, 
push it back. Yep, because it it seems like everything's pushed back. You know, so hey, we might get the VCS by the end of the year. We might get the uh, we might get the the Polymega finally. This portion of the CU podcast is brought to you proudly by Manscaped. They are the best in below the belt men's grooming, featuring the Lawnmower 3.0. It's 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 balmy outside right now. It's a little humid, even in San Diego. And you want to make sure you're you're nice and, and clean in certain spots, so you wh- whisk away as much uh, sweat as possible. Zip it up, clean it up. Use the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. It has a ceramic blade. It's nick-free. It's got a little light on there, so you can see where you're going. No more injuries to the family jewels that are going to follow you around and haunt you all damn day long. If there was ever a time to try Manscaped, this is the time. This is the season. The Lawnmower 3.0. You can get 20% off and free shipping with the code CU Podcast at manscaped.com. But Ian, that's not all they have. They also have they have shampoos. They have body washes. Midday, feeling a little down? Oh. Try a shot of the Crop Reviver Ball Toner. You have, Ian. You said you've tried that. Just give it a whirl. You give it a little 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 spritz? A little spritzeroo. It just, it just feels fresh. Just feels fresh. Like 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 the morning dew. Like 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 you just got out of the shower. <laughs> and they also got the yeah, they got the, the ball deodorant as well. I'm not gonna judge. I'm not gonna sniff. I'm not going to see how you're doing down there, but if you're not sure, better safe than sorry. You get the ball deodorant. You get the preserver, the ball preserver, and you're, go- and you're good to go. Again, 20% off and free shipping. Go to manscaped.com, code CU Podcast. Get trim with Manscaped. The Playdate came out with uh, an update. The, um, the plucky little uh, Playdate handheld. I like the Playdate. I'm interested in the Playdate. I love handhelds. So the Playdate, if you don't recall us talking about it the first time, or if you haven't seen the news, it's a smaller little system. Basically, it's a little yellow handheld with a uh, black and white screen, a very nice black and white screen. It's yellow. Uh, um, and it has a crank on the side. <laughs> you get your B and A button like a Game Boy. You get a get a you get a, a D pad and you get a crank. Um, they basically <laughs> the uh, so how they were pla- so how this was pitched is basically it's a um, portable system they're going to release, and with it comes a season of games, and each game unlocks. I think they were saying they uh, a game unlocks uh, one a week. Um, which I think is an interesting way to do it. So it just downloads to your and, and it downloads to your console, and it's interesting because twelve it, games in season one. It kind it, it it makes or maybe it was one a month. I'm sorry, um, could have been one a week. Uh, I'll look it up while you talk. Yeah, um, but ba- I think it was yeah one a week. But basically, this is to keep people talking about the games as they come out, so everyone's kind of on the same page. Everyone's talking about the same thing. Um, Yokoi Kids, which I talked about at the beginning, does this as a monthly Game Boy of the Month Club thing. It's fun to just kind of give everyone an idea of hey, play this, play other stuff too, but everyone play this as well for a month because it fosters conversation about games and things that you maybe wouldn't talk about it's kind of like the live tv model and it was like um game of thrones was a big event because it was it was one of the last shows i can think of where they didn't release everything at once and everyone tuned in at the same time so everyone was involved in these these conversations um they got a number of um interesting developers lined up uh i think it's it's a Takahashi uh, who did um, 
Katamari Damacy is doing one. Zach Gage, who did the great word game Spell Tower for iOS and Android, is doing one. And I know there was there was there was a lot more. And it was a it was a decent lineup of interesting developers. And then, of course, it has the crank on the side. The crank is not going to be used by all the games, but it does have just a crank on the side that you can turn. Because it's cool. It's like a toy. It's neat. And it's some sort of, some form of analog control, and it's it's something different. That, that's why I, 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 I'm very bullish on the Playdate, because it's something different that connects directly to these games, and something about a, a handheld where it's not just a video console, it's now a toy. And I yes. think that's the appeal of this. This is also like a toy device, and it's not super spendy. It's one fifty. One fifty as of right now, with twelve games basically. Yep. I would not necessarily be surprised if we see the price go up before it launches. Well, it's Get- supposed to be uh, limited, correct? It's not supposed to be yes. like there. It is going to be. They said that, uh, even from the beginning that the first run at least would be fairly limited. They would see how they how it would do. That's one reason that I like the playdate. Unlike other things that have uh, been announced or in work or in in um, in production, uh, where they think it's going to uh, you know disrupt the market or change the game, market disruptor. Um, Playdate seems to know that it's a niche item for certain people, and they've marketed it as such. They don't think sure. they're rewriting the book on this. Um, I do hope I can get one. Uh, so they did an update recently, and they uh, just wanted. Uh, uh- also tonight, another- oh, good one! Yeah. <laughs> so they want they 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 put out a little preview. Um, so there are 250 people. This is another reason why I like them. The product exists, and it's, it's been created. Yeah, it's been created. They've shown uh, units being used since day one. No job listings coming. Day up. one. Uh, over 250 people around the world now have actual play dates in hand. They're putting tools and tech to the test, building the first third-party games. They announced a developer preview uh, yeah. program sort of thing. So they announced a program, a program that they're previewing some of the games already that are being developed. So there's a dungeon crawler uh, that looks nice uh, down the down the oubliette. Uh, there's an interesting calligraphy tool. These, a lot of these are just tech demos, but there's like a calligraphy tool that there's shows a, the crank being used to uh, set the direction of the brush. There's which a is kind of drifting cool. with the car with the, the drifting <laughs> is awful uh, is awesome. Uh, that's what I meant to say. There's an overhead race. Well, it's not a racing game yet, but it, there's an overhead uh, demo of a car. But you can m- imagine. You, yeah, and but you, imagine using yeah, that as a steering wheel, though. That's cranking, a really cool idea. You use the crank to drift and turn. Imagine like a super sprint with that. That's a great idea. There's, there's a little Tetris sort of game. Yeah, there's a Tetris sort of game where you're using the crank left and right uh, some slides some move. slides the uh, um, slides the actual play field left and right which is pretty cool and then uh, there's <laughs> Klondike Solitaire and other things they go on to say that um, there is uh, that it's going to be a few more months before they announce anything relating to pre-orders um, I forgot there's an accelerometer. With oh yeah, there as is well. too because there's a they there's show a, an overhead RPG where you literally just oh, tilt it to move the character. It's a cute little ball around. You're moving it. So there's an accelerometer. Yeah, it's, uh, that's basically um, it's like Kirby's tilt and tumble. Okay. So and I, yeah. of course, what Doom minigun with the crank, <laughs> chain gun to Doom. Uh, someone pointed out that this is obviously BS because the chain gun is not available on this level. So uh, okay, well. <laughs> But yeah, there's a uh, well. It's interesting that they switch it to the weapon by pulling it out and then they crank it. Yeah, they uh, they yeah. There's a there's a black and white Doom demo, and by using the crank, you can fire the chain gun. Which did you neat. notice that though? If you watch the 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 video, when it flicks out, yeah, that's a function. It changes the weapon. So that's like a, basically a function. Yeah, 
a, a, a controller function just flipping it out flipping it out so, yeah so you could do something with that um and go yes yes we know that but does it run run doom yes it does it runs doom yes and honestly it's probably gonna be pretty good obviously it's in black and white but it'll, it'll be all right with a cute little speaker <laughs> so um remember every so then they go on to say uh there's too much to tweet um not all of these projects will ship, but it's amazing to see these devs experience to otherwise get up and running quickly. Uh, remember, every plate is a dev kit. You can make your own games when you get yours if you want, which is cool. That's, that, that's to be, I think, a bigger deal here because this is great. And that's the thing that Ardu Boy did as well, which was very, very cool. I keep forgetting to, to look into that. Standard Ardu Boys are not, not, not to, not to uh, take the thunder out of Playdate. Standard Ardu Boys now are twenty nine ninety nine. If you want one that has two hundred games on it and a switcher, so you don't have to constantly change the game, they're fifty nine ninety nine. What do you? What is the switcher? So the original Ardu Boy could only store one game at a time. Okay. Uh, then they made a mod chip. Well, you can get a mod chip. Like the actual company made it to mod your st- original Ardu Boy, or you can just buy an Ardu Boy called an Ardu Boy FX that has two hundred games preloaded on it, and you can switch the games on the actual gotcha. system without having to do it on the computer. And it's most of the big name games. It's most of the games that you'd want to play on it. That does include like the licensed ones that came out with the standalones, or no? That's different. Yeah, no, that's it's all of those because they're all free. All oh. those games are free. Oh, it's so all like open it- market. It's all open source. Yeah. Oh, I mean, like the Galaga. Like I'm looking at the the, the standalone ones, like uh, that they came out with. Oh no, it doesn't have those. Doesn't have those. No, that's what no, I mean. No, okay, because no. you had the one. That's you, that's totally different. That's a different product. Line. That's I a different that. product. It's gotcha. One hundred percent. Those are like you had the Tetris one, right? No, Vani has the original black and white Tetris one, which is amazing. Okay. I have two standard Darter boys. Okay. So they, have a bunch, they have a bunch of minis that are in color here that look pretty cool. But anyway, so it's, so it's only 29 bucks for the Ardu boy just by itself. A standard Ardu boy for one at a time. But they, okay, so you said it's sixty with the. With the with the to get all two hundred games, okay, um, and you can all, uh, of course add more. And stuff that thing's that. like a credit card size, right? That thing, yeah, it literally tiny. slides into your wallet. Yeah, so so we're like this renaissance of handhelds between. The I love it. I was talking about it the other day between the the Playdate and the Ardu Boy, and people are starting Pocket. to make people are starting to make little Pico Eight consoles, and yeah, oh, they, they are the uh, are the Pico the um, Amigo, uh, the the uh, Amigo, uh, the analog uh, Pocket. Um, Pico Eight is a is a developing language that yes. they've started to put into like little little like Ardu Boy consoleized forms. I didn't know that. So we're talking about, we're talking about like you know simple eight bit little games that are just adorable, and I love it. It's so it, it it it's 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 very fun to pick up something that only does that. I go to play a game on my phone while I'm waiting for something, and I I, I click Twitter or I check my mail or I do anything other than play a game. Pick up something that's dedicated with this simple is, games on it. It's, it's fun. It's the only thing good about 2020. The handheld uh, revolution. Yeah, the the weird handheld Renaissance. So, anyways, Playdate Dev Kit. Last thing they say. Finally, we can hear you yelling from here. Yes, but when is Playdate coming out? Expect a big update. In the next few months, with our timeline, pre-order details, a surprise, and title reveals of all the free games you'll get in Playdate Season 1. That is my console war. Ardu Boy versus Playdate. Who's going to come out on top there? <laughs> well, well, one's a lot cheaper. I mean, they're, they're, they're also very different. Um, yeah, well, and Ardu Boy, I mean, the people, the, the guy who's behind Ardu Boy is very interested in the Playdate. Uh, they even went and made, like, a, he went and hacked, like, a, a fucking controller into the side of an Ardu Boy to control something oh, really? early on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it's fun. I mean, I, these, this is, this is one of those things where it's not a competition. I think these are all people well, who are I'm in being, it because they yeah, enjoy I'm it. I'm being facetious. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's always going to be a need. But I'm looking at I'm looking at some of the Ardu Boy games. I look at adorable. It's a Legend of Zelda type of game. See, so yeah, I, I got to pick up Ardu Boy. Is awesome. I, I got I got to pick it up. Um, I got to support some of this this little stuff here. 
I'll get all these handhelds. I'll, I'll get all these ones. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that they that, that many RG Boy standalones. I didn't know they had that many. I didn't know. I didn't know. They're not, yeah, those are the pocket arcades. Those are yeah. technically not Ardu Boys. I think the actual structure inside is different as well. Yeah, but uh, they're all they're all they're in that cider case. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Micro arcades. I guess they're called. Yeah. All right, well, okay, well, okay. So and it says it's going to ship 2020 play date. So they're gonna, they got to put up orders and ship it within four months. Did it say 2020? It said 2020. Well, a few months. I mean, they've got they've got a few months. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see. It says in the bottom. Yeah, it no, will right. ship in 2020. So. I guess it may not get in 2020. It'll ship in 2020. I, I so. see something happening with the playdate where more people are going to be interested in this than they have. It's going to sell out, and then they'll probably do a second run in 2021. Can RG Boy play Doom? No. <laughs> no, no, can't? no. no. It's, it's what RG Boy play? cannot play Doom. Oh, that's a shame. No, no, no. I'm sure it can. Come on. No, it can't. Freaking TI calculators in high school could play Doom somewhat. All right. Um, all right. This is interesting, Ian. The very last Blockbuster store is now an Airbnb. Um, not sure how much miles we get out of this, but the last one is, uh, was it up in Oregon? James visited uh, last year, I believe, around when we went to Portland. Um, the very last Buttbuster store is now an Airbnb full of movies, and you can rent it for $4. I thought that was a typo at first when yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so did I. Um, this is in uh, Deschutes County. Desch- I can't pronounce it. Deschutes County, Oregon. Um happens to be the home of the very last blockbuster in the, in, the, in the world. Now, obviously, this is not corporate blockbuster. They're gone. So this was a blockbuster that they basically just, they, you know, it was taken over and they kept the blockbuster stuff, the signs, and they kept the, because who cares? They basically just kept it as a blockbuster yeah. for this, like, mom-pop shop here. Um, so, okay, $4 a night. Uh, it was one night reservation to take place on September 18th. 19th and 20th. So that starts tonight. Uh, that, so the starting August 17th, which was yesterday, at 1 p.m. PST on Airbnb, those living in Deschutes County can get it on the slumber party experience by requesting to book one of the three individual one-night reservations that will take place on the 18th, 19th, and 20th. The one-night stay <clears throat> costs just $4, or just about the cost of, the video, uh, of a video rental. So it's individual and one night. Four dollars. So does that mean that only three people are going to get to do this? That's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it out. three together, or like you have separate areas inside the blockbusters? Blockbusters are pretty big. Like I'm very. I mean, obviously, it's, it's, they already had the setup and the picture of like how it looks. You know, you got your couches, you got your TV, your console TV. Um, you have your your little you have your little bed out in front of you, which is funny. You have a sofa, uh, no beanbag. You have a little chair. You have lamps. So like they're setting up like a living room here. And you got a carpet. It's like on a raised stage, it looks like. They, they set up a little raised stage. They could have auctioned this off for like thousands of dollars each. You would have had some crazy people want to do this. Yeah, Harding will act as host and will even pre-stock the shelves for guests with every movie they want before handing over the keys to the store for the night. It's it has to be VHS, damn it, to me. It's yes. important to note the store will be sanitized beforehand and all guests will be required to socially distance and required to wear masks. So I'm still confused about how many people are actually allowed in the store how many groups of people are allowed because it says oh three individual reservations so okay it's you get one night you can probably get 10 people in it's just one night you get for four bucks okay got that's it. how it looks to me all right well i'll check on airbnb later i'll look it up but, i'm sure it's all gone at this point what? since it went up yesterday <laughs> no, no I, yes you know, we're not going to drive up there for it but i want to see what it like what how it's listed on the site uh here if i can find it uh yeah it's it's great for publicity 
uh, for for your last blockbuster because I think the one in Alaska closed within a couple of years. That was another one that was still branded blockbuster. Yeah, but they you could have charged four grand. Someone would have went in with ten people and and done this. It's a cute idea. I yeah. mean, honestly, I think hanging out in a video store and having like the I, I don't know exactly how they do it, but if if you had. Like just yeah, if it was VHS and just rows of VHS and you had like the setup and you could just grab movies and Get a play VCR. Them, yeah. pop some popcorn, it would be pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's how, maybe that's how they get you. The, the popcorn's like a thousand dollars. The popcorn, the popcorn's real expensive, or or, or the candy, you know, pay toilets. <clears throat> pay, pay, yes, pay toilets with the quarters. I like had it back on the on, on the boardwalk. Um. That's interesting. I, I mean, it's, it's it's good buzz. It's really cool, and obviously, everyone a lot of businesses are hurting right now with uh, COVID going on uh, here. An arcade could probably. I want imagine if an arcade did the same thing. Do a do a stay over in an arcade, set up an air mattress somewhere, just let people into the arcade, have a night in the arcade, Airbnb style for an evening. I'm just thinking of other things you could do that would oh. be similar to this, and an arcade that'd would be, a be wet, one of them. That'd be a wet dream. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? What do you think the local the local uh, Places are doing. No idea. The two coin ops. Yeah, good here. question. I have no idea what the coin ops are doing. Anyway, so all right, so uh, it's Airbnb.com slash blockbuster. Entire house hosted by Sandy. Four okay, four guests. There you, it is. you get up to four guests, I believe, then for each night. So there you go. That makes sense. You can yeah. make you know. That'd be fun. Want to go in halves, Ian? You want to go in two you hours have to, each? Even if we were really going to do it, you have to be in Deschutes County. That's the other what? nice thing. They, they limited, you can't travel? No, they limited it to people who live within the county. So. Oh, okay. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, yeah, it's just a good promotional thing. Yeah. Unless they wreck the... There's probably, there's probably a hefty uh, deposit, though. Make sure you don't wreck the fucking uh, Yeah, place. I would imagine. You know, I like that they have... It's not an LCD TV, it looks like. It looks like a... A tube. A tube where they faked it. I'm trying to. It looks like one of yeah, one of those like expensive big TVs like they had up to like the late mm-hmm. '90s that were probably back then like thirteen hundred dollars for those those uh big ones that you, you used to advertise for like football. You know, watching football. Um, oh, the one picture it does have the snack stand. You get Doritos. You get your uh, lemon heads, uh, Butterfinger, uh, taffy. So you got you got Baby Ruth. So you got some. Wow, the Doritos is like the old school Doritos. They still make the old uh, style. They make ones, them in packages? the old packages every once in a while. I want 1997 era food. Damn it! No technology past 97 for my blockbuster. Pre DVD, right in that cusp, <laughs> the cutoff, <laughs> right there. Anyway, well that's it. Well, thanks to Sandy for hosting those. All right, Ian, uh, we want to skip the scumbag seller this week. we'll, yeah, we'll keep I it do. on reserve. We are going to go into the Patreon poll topic. And Ian, how do you uh, access that that good old Patreon poll? You go to patreon.com slash CU podcast. Uh, you determine an amount of money to give us each month, and uh, we in return give you some things. Uh, I do uh, a writing. Uh, my most recent one was on my birthday feasting. Um, we you get the uh, full video podcast. You do get the full video podcast. Uh, I do a monthly hangout. Uh, this month's hangout was just last week. It was great to see uh, everyone. Um, and uh, we on a Patreon. We do a Patreon poll. So in third place, what video game should be turned into a Broadway musical? Twenty five percent. That's pretty good for third place. That's hanging on. There's there's some people that really want that one. In second place. 32% Ian in your wheelhouse tips for a new game store employee 
And in first place, Ian, you're excited for this topic. PC games, 42%. PC games that deserve a reboot slash remake. I desperately want to see a remake of Lightspeed or Hyperspeed. Um, I think I played Lightspeed. Lightspeed is one of my favorite games of all time that I can't play very much anymore because emulating it is kind of a pain in the ass. Emulating. Um, it was released by Microprose, and it is a uh, interstellar space travel simulator. Um, Lightspeed is an early example of those types of games that are similar to um, Elite um, and even in some ways to game, games that would come out later, like Privateer. Basically, they're games where you can fly around space and you have to colonize uh, planets to get resources, basically. But in doing so, you obviously um, enter uh, the, air sp- the, space space, the airspace of um, rival aliens, friendly aliens. Um, you can talk with them, negotiate them, uh, negotiate treaties. Uh, and they would ask you to go out and, you know, uh, fight their enemies. And I just, I had never played anything like that when I was uh, young. And the first time I, I, I played that, and my dad was kind of like trying to explain it to me as a, uh, as a, um, it was like my first experience with something open world. My first experience was something that was not um, very limited to like a you know a platformer or an arcade game. Sure. Um, and Hyperspeed came out a little bit later, added I believe more alien races, um, but then it it stopped. Um, these this is a game that I would love to see come out in modern times because games like this existed. These sorts of space exploration games existed for a long time and they have kind of dried up in recent years. It's why I was so excited for No Man's Sky when it was first announced. And then I was let down by No Man's Sky and then No Man's Sky turned into a great game regardless. But there's not a lot of the interstellar war going on. Star Citizen, come on. Star Citizen does not exist. Um, that exists. But there's not a lot of the... Nego- like, there are bad pirates and things like that in No Man's Sky, but there isn't, like, the... It's not structured as that. that's the game, though. Right. It's not like a privateer. Right. The, 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 that, that sort of, you know, the political intrigue and that stuff doesn't exist. You're not negotiating or treaties and... Sure. and you're not, yeah, exactly. You're not negotiating treaties and tiptoeing around and or, trying... Or you're talking about from a higher level. You want it more like... What was that? Um, space, Star Control. Space strategy game. Star Control was one? Yeah, Star Control. I'm trying to think of another one. Um, Um, But yeah, you know, I want different factions that you can get in good with, and that doesn't really exist in No Man's Sky. And there is a modern um, elite, but I I, the reviews were all over the place on it. Elite Dangerous. So I kind of want to try it, but at the same point in time, I don't know that I'm going to get exactly what I'm looking for. Um, So that's like one type of game that I would absolutely love to see remade. Is those sorts of those sorts of uh, space games, but specifically Lightspeed. A thing I loved about Lightspeed was you could always um, you could go to your engine room and it showed you a huge working engine, and you could replace parts with better parts to get more mileage and stuff like that. So okay. you could you could trick out your spaceship too. It's a little bit more a little bit more than Privateer. Yeah, you you could try, trick out your spaceship. Um, the combat was was combat interesting. Um, so yeah, I, I liked that. Uh, another type of game that I would love to see 
again. And I think there's actually kind of a chance for it. So I saw a point and click adventure game come out the other day, and I unfortunately I can't remember the name, but it uses a uh, EGA palette, and really? it, yeah, and it looks very um, true to uh, the era and uh, type of game that I used to love playing when on the Apple IIe was the um, text parser based games like the text adventures but the the graphic ones and i this is one that i don't think i'll ever really get to see again but i really miss like what they would try to convey with those simple images but i think a like a a text-based adventure game with good art would still be something that i would enjoy um text-based adventure games do still exist mostly in terms as interactive fiction but to see something that kind of mimics that old school style, I would play that. I'm not one that normally gets hung up on nostalgia, but I do get very nostalgic for the Apple IIe. There's something specific about that and the look of it that that grabs me, and those were the games that I played a lot of. Okay. Um, Going back to, I guess, space stuff, I know we have a new um, Star Wars dogfighting game come out, but you could get away with just doing a re- remake, HD remake of, like, X-Wing and TIE Fighter. Yes, absolutely. It had the same missions, same gameplay, or very similar, and just updating the graphics, and I think you could you would sell that yep. to a lot of people. They're a little less arcadey, uh, a little bit more strategic, a little bit slower, but still very, very fun, and yeah, I think simulation. that would work. Yeah, I yeah. think that would work. You would get a lot of people... Obviously, there's no multiplayer, then obviously, but I think people would be into that. I'm, I'm sure people... I'm sure it sells well on good old games. They'll sell like probably very well still. Oh, it has to because those are the those are the beefiest um, Star Wars games of their time um, in terms of in terms of just uh, you know just like all different missions. More it adds to the lore. You, you discover the new ships to fly and things like that. You got Admiral Akbar to show up and tell you about you know the Calamari cruiser you got to protect and things like that. Oh, I I think that's one of my, that really hit me. It's like that that would do well. And I'm the only person that thought about that. Other people are like yeah I could see that doing very well um that's a big one for me um with pc games it's hard to come up with remakes for pc games because a lot of the popular pc games got sequels or ha- had iterations i even thought about well oh, this i think even sam and max got updated games over time and things like that so they got uh, the telltale games yeah. um you know uh point and click adventures did start to come back xcom was one that i wanted to see done again forever and ever and ever it happened they did do they did redo XCOM or they you know made sequels to XCOM that play very much like the originals um Heroes of Might and Magic is a game that I love uh I don't think there's been a truly great entry in that series in a while I would love to see another one of those um I would like to see uh perhaps a reinvigor oh this was the other one I was going to mention too I would also perhaps like to see a reinvigoration of the first person dungeon crawler um the wizardry uh, Heroes of Might and Magic. That's sort. one of my least favorite genre. Really? I fucking I, love them. I don't like them. You know what? Nah. I love them. Do you like you like you like Dungeons Crawl? Just with you They're running around slow in and grindy, and plotting and, and plotting and you numbers. Make and, your own fucking map up, like like we're living in the Stone uh, Ages. I smoke a big bowl and just let all okay. those numbers wash over my brain and slowly tickle roll, it. Roll your character in the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Watch it happen. I was trying to think of one that, like, oh, then I saw, like, oh, Pirates. I'm like, oh, but there was a Pirates that came out in 2004. So that was already remade. Pirates is great, but Pirates, like, I, I but no, I, 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 I agree with you, and I'll give you this, because Pirates has just, Pirates was made, 
and it's just been being remade over and over. It was on computers, then it got an NES version, then it got the Genesis version, then it got the Xbox and PC cool. version, and it's time for us to get another version oh, of so Sid Meier's Pirates. Okay, so you want pi- uh, uh, Pirates 2, basically, you finally want. Sid Meier's Pirates is a fantastic game. I even oh, love the NES version. The NES no. version is fantastic. It's great. Did I give it five stars or four and a half? No, no the it's N- not a five star. Four and a half, I think I gave it. Yeah. Um, awesome game. It's so It's so deep. Uh, for an NES game, obviously, but go back and play the Pirates Gold on good old games for like a two dollars or whatever, and it's, you can play that game forever. Yeah, you can play it over and over again. You don't have to follow the main story; it's a very loose main story. You can just do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, just screw around. I liked the Xbox one, but I think Pirates Gold, the the one that they put on the Genesis, is probably my favorite. That's that perfected the, it, right? Yeah, that's really kind of. I don't know. I don't know the difference well, off the top of my head, but I'm sure they perfected some of the stuff and put more crap. It's graphically in it. nicer too. Yeah. Um, it wasn't on the Super for some reason. No, it wasn't. I was just surprising. thinking that. Yeah, From NES to Genesis. Huh. What systems was Sid Meier's Pirates on? But uh, it came out in 2004 again. And, um, you know, it's the same game, but just updated for, like, you know, PS2 ever graphics on the PC, basically, is what you want to call it. And uh, it was probably a, probably a blast to play still. Um, we're getting over a theme about, like, open, like open world games, obviously need to be remade more because not that there's less of them I mean, because obviously there's a lot of pirate games that come out now all the time we hear about like uh, online games um, yeah is there any any first person shooters you'd want to see remade that, that's kind of got stuck there because all of those got remade too uh, as well blood. Even, even Rise of the Triad got remade what blood that didn't get remade I don't think blood got remade I think they like uh, man they might have up it actually blood first person shooter like, like most of the popular ones uh, I don't think I ever played Blood. Now I oh, think Blood's about it. fucking awesome. You've got to play Blood. Don't worry about Blood too, but Blood is really good. Blood there. Uh, oh, yeah, Blood Fresh Supply. That was it. It happened last year, um, and it's basically just like a modern re-release of Blood, um, but it uses the same graphics and stuff like that. So they did a new Duke Nukem, which obviously didn't do well, but they, that's a new Duke Nukem that came out what nine years ago already, eight years ago. When did that come out? Duke Nukem Forever. Jesus Christ. Um, and then I was trying to think, of like, I'm sure Serious Sam got a remake at some point. Serious Sam has gotten a bunch of remakes. Yeah, so, like, all the heavy hitters have been remade for the most part. Matter of fact, I think there's a Serious Sam collection coming out that you, I think you can get it on the Switch right now. Yeah, so, I mean, it, yeah, it's really, it's really, we, we think of, we want remakes, it's for those genres that have fallen off, like Dungeon Crawlers or Space Exploration. Right. Or even space sims, or or a pirate sim. Those are the ones that are in pop. That it'd be nice to see those again. And I'm sure I'm missing something in my head, but like all the ones I liked have been remade or remastered. Especially with like you know good old games, they come back, they do well, they come back out with new ones eventually, or you know re-release them. So uh, let me go to good old games now. I'll just see like what's on my wish list that um, could do uh, could do for a remake. That I haven't bought yet. I, oh, I, you hate Police Quest, so remake Police. No, yeah. he tried. He tried to do a, a Kickstarter, didn't he? Yeah, I don't think it worked. It, it didn't. It didn't go anywhere. Space Quest. Yeah, I think Space Quest. You could have done a true, true spiritual. Well, well I mean, a true. This one coming out to me is not a spiritual successor. It, it looks like it's a little bit too different. But if you did a, if you did a Space Quest re- reboot, I think it would do well. I actually call it uh, King's Quest. That wasn't a true uh, sequel. That was a different game. Yeah. Um, do you think that would? Be I well? forgot about that. Yeah, it came and went. No, because who the hell are you advertised to? It's not the same game as the original. Right. 
and the kids don't know on a PS3 what the hell King's Quest is. You think that would have done well if you did an actual King's Quest remake? Yeah, it might have. I mean, you look at especially if it had some names behind it because you look at stuff like Thimbleweed Park and that did fantastic. Okay, but that's a little bit even more newer than King's Quest, though. I mean, King's Quest is like the first run of adventure games in the eighties. Yeah, but I mean, yes. All right. Okay. Well, that's uh, a. Trying to think, when's the last Quake that came out? No one cares anymore. After Quake, was there was there a Quake Four? There was. <laughs> I, I skipped Quake Four. I played I played Arena for wow, fifteen years since Quake Four. What? I would say Quake needs an update. Then it's if, is there not a Quake Five? No. It's been fifteen years since a Quake. Is that for real? Oh, they've had Quake World and other bullshit. What is this shit? I'm surprised by that. I'm, I'm, I would think they w- that would have done well. They just went to Doom instead, I guess, and said, okay, we're fine. No more, no more Quake. All right. Well, thanks for that Patreon uh, poll question. All right. We got a Q&A on the CU podcast here. This is from five different nachos. God, so starving. At Phil Tyler 80. Uh, Three billion people worldwide now play video games. Report shows. New report shows. All right. So this is a report from uh, uh, DFC Intelligence, IGN reporting, that as of mid-2020, there are nearly 3.1 billion global video game consumers. Nearly 8 billion people around the world. That means about 40% of our population plays video games in some form. The fastest growing segment of these consumers are those who, who only play games, Ian, on smartphones. This accounts for almost half of all video game consumers. Um, of those 3.1 billion players, only about 8% are dedicated console consumers. So that's about 300 million with Pat Math. Um, but this group has the highest per user spending. That makes sense. You gotta buy a console which costs hundreds, the games cost 60 bucks. That makes sense. Um, 1.5 billion or about half of video game consumers are PC game consumers. That's interesting to that me. That makes sense. Um, well, it, it does. Ga- I mean, Because gaming is a wide gaming is a wide term and anything, a lot of things can be considered gaming and lots of people are in front of computers. But I always thought of PC gaming as something that had become less popular for a long time and then was slowly picking back up in, pop, in popularity. To think of it as 48%, that's, that is actually higher than I would have expected. I would have expected that number to have been... I would have expected the majority of this to have been mobile. Uh, well, I mean, uh, laptops and netbooks have come down in price so much sure. in the past five, six, seven. You can buy a decent computer for like Three hundred dollars nowadays. Oh, it's. Yeah. Uh, we should finish that. It's uh, important to note, however, that this includes some overlap with gamers that also use console systems and mobile devices. So it's kind of an all-in-one thing. Yeah, it's not gonna be perfect. I mean, how many people? Yeah, how many people play a console that don't own a mobile phone? They might have a game going. Sure. I, I have to see. Like, how do you define like I'm gaming on? Like, am I a mobile gamer because I, I play a few different apps? Like every once in a while on my phone. Does that do I count? Yeah. Is that? If, I would say that if there's a few games that you play on your phone that you regularly have gone back to, then yes, and I mean, to some degree, you I, are a mobile gamer. I have the Apple Arcade thing. I pay five bucks a month. I, I'm a consumer of mobile games. Yeah. Automatically. But it's interesting is that when they talk about this, um, you know, they talk about, uh, it, it's, it's wow, why is this study $3,000 to add when I go to the DFC Intelligence website? Is that for real? Uh, they're charging three grand for the report. Well, it's market research, I guess. I, I thought that was a, I thought that was a typo. Uh, yeah, the report costs three thousand dollars to get the full full report, or you can just request a sample. Sorry, I don't know if you saw that link. No. Anyway, um, wow. Um, so what what I think is interesting about this is when we always talk about mobile gamers, 
there's a lot of games that are free. Um, so mm-hmm. obviously, you have to ask yourself, would these people be gaming that much if they didn't have a smartphone and these games weren't free? I would, I would say more likely not. They, they, yeah, they would. You put the games in front of their face, they're going to play it. Oh, right. I'm traveling. I'm, 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 you know, I mean, I'm 75 years old. Oh, I'm going to play Scrabble on my phone. Ian's favorite game. That's why everyone's played Solitaire on Windows, because it came with it. It's there. Sure. Double-click it. It's easy to learn. Uh, same with Space Cadet Pinball. Lots of people played Space Cadet Pinball on the Windows 95. You always bring up Space Cadet I love Space Cadet Pinball. Um, but they always talk about, yeah, but not many people, by and large, are spending money to play mobile games. They talk about the average uh, price, and when we hear uh, CEOs of companies talk about, well, the average person spends 93 bucks a year. That's an average, not the median. Mean and median are two different things, which people who don't know anything about stats don't know what a median is. A median is a central data point when you line them all up in a yeah, row. Yeah, that's all it is. So that means if there's like um, 100 people and 99 out of 100 spend a dollar and the one person on the end spends $500, the average is going to be what Pat math. I don't know, like, like um, what is that? Like $7 each or $6. But what you pick them out of a hat the most likely person to spend a dollar. Like, that's a medium. So that's how you look at these things. So most people aren't spending money on mobile games. It's the what they call the whales. The whales, yes. That are spending hundreds of dollars a year on their favorite game. That's what balloons up, balloons up the average price. That's why Nintendo found out that, hey, we can't spend $10, we can't charge $10 on an app because no one wants to spend $10 on an app. Right. So the average doesn't matter it's the median what's the most likely scenario what's the most likely consumer going to spend and that's next to nothing on this stuff that's just the reality of mobile gaming yeah so you can't expect them to want to spend hundreds of dollars just because you think well the average is a hundred dollars so that means we're going to all of a sudden have all these billions of people that are going to spend hundreds of dollars no 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 they are gaming specifically on the mobile device because they didn't spend extra money to be gaming for on that mobile device <laughs> This, it's uh, the Space Cadet thing. It's free. It's there. I'm right. playing it. This is a, a great little uh, uh, quote, a uh, uh, comment from Progressive Liberal in the, in the comment section on that article. Mobile gamers are not real gamers. Oh, Jesus. Casual pleb who plays Fortnite while taking a shit is not the same as an epic capital G hardcore gamer like me who spends 5,000 hours oh. to play Witcheroo Geraldo 3 <laughs> on a $500 racing chair. I earned my gamer card, goddammit. Witcheroo uh, Geraldo 3? <laughs> They really, they really had me in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Oh, not gonna lie. Yeah, having the first, they had us in the first half. That's so fucking funny. Um, I remember when gaming was mocked. I didn't care though. Been gaming since my fifth birthday back in '92. I don't, I don't see people getting mocked for gaming in the past 20 years. No, it doesn't. It really doesn't happen that much anymore. You're not. That's that's one of the things that drives me nuts with like some of the the discourse that goes around about things. Gamers are not they're they're not discriminated against. It's the, not it's not right. A, it's it, a class. It, it, yeah, it, 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 it's everyone plays games. Yes. I think unless you're like above sixty, it still might be foreign to you, um, in some way. Like like because like Frank played games in the sense he played Pong. Frank played Tempest. Remember video games? He said, "Yeah, I played Tempest." Yeah, but like. To him, it was like he was so old by then, it became a fad. It was gone. Right. Uh, for that. Like, I remember I went to a Thanksgiving dinner I was invited to last year. And um, there was people, like, in their 70s. And they they found out that, like, I made some form of living through video games. So they are fascinated by that. 
it was like, oh wow, tell me about that. Oh yeah, I hear, I hear like people are playing videos. Like my mom will send me random stuff. On her, she figures out how to text me or emails me random video game articles. It's like, um, oh look at this esports thing that happened because to them it's like so removed from their existence. They right. Don't, they don't live video games day to day or week to week. Um, but that's more and more going away. Obviously, now people that run corporations. Or like they grew up with video games, or you know what I mean. So or have businesses. So it's totally, it's it's basically how probably TV was to people that grew up like in the 30s with radio. It's like oh, TV's a new thing, you know. Sure. Like, that's how video games are to these older folks now. I'm trying to think what got replaced. Video games didn't replace anything though. It was just a new entertainment. Yeah, it's just more radio got asked out with TV. Yeah. Damn it! How about some old radio time talkies? There used to be a station in locally that would do radio plays every Sunday, and I used to listen to it. That's what I used to. Uh, that's when I like w- will run on a treadmill or something. I put on um, radio shows. Like I'll listen to The Shadow or something because uh, if I listen to music, I find myself always trying to match the beat of the music as opposed to really, yeah, my own, my own pace don't so, listen to any happy hardcore then i did it's problematic <laughs> so um yeah so i i listen to radio shows uh when i when i walk because that way i, I don't get locked in so i don't subtle subliminally get locked into a groove ian who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men yeah. it was really the shadow you went all time was it was the original recordings or yeah i've just found them online in the 30s them. they have them wow that's all I, I feel like listening to some of that you can find a lot of that are stuff. they violent ish a little bit eh, yeah shot a little bit it can be that they had pirate stuff and Cowboys and Indians and things. We're talking pre-comic book stuff. Like we, you, I, I feel I feel bad for how you know the entertainment you were you were stuck with with going to the movies maybe once once a week or once a month and uh, radio shows every night. Get behind the radio. You, you had that one. You know, how many radio channels did they had in the thirties? I'm trying to think how many were they had back then. I gotta look that up. I've not. Yeah. I have no idea. They had like five, ten, fifteen, or twenty radio stations. Yeah, yeah, do I locally. Sorry, I feel like doing a radio show research show now for YouTube. Tap into that 85-year-old crowd that's on YouTube. Oh, I remember listening to them in the 30s. Jeez, oh, that'd be like 95 by now. Uh, sorry. All right, well, anyway, that's, that's our, our Q&A there about uh, somehow we got off track. I don't know how to, how to close this segment off. Three billion gamers because Close they have it. smartphones. That's we closed it. it. We're done. We're done. We want one more topic? No. You want to hold it? We're going to hold it. You want to... Oh, but Fall Guys is the new hotness, Ian. It's fine. All right, we'll hold that off till next week. All right. I'm, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for being our friend. Yeah. I, uh, travel around the world and back again. I'm going to go order food and then think about what I'm going to make for dinner. I have no idea what I'm going to make for dinner. I don't feel like, I don't feel like cooking the chicken. I feel like firing up the grill. I don't want to put up the stove here. Ooh, yeah, do that. Grill it up. With the, with the peppers and uh, onions with it. Citrus chicken. It's good It's good stuff. I also have a leftover Wendy's burger because Postmates was doing an insane deal, Ian. Four for four free on Postmates. Free. Yep. Yeah, do a minimum order of like 13 bucks, whatever, but I was like, you're, you're, giving away, you're giving away my favorite fast food. It's like, this is ridiculous. You gotta do it. My four for four is uh, Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. Yep. You get the fries, you get the drink, and then what's your fourth, Ian? What do you choose usually? Uh, I, if I'm going junior bacon, then I go spicy chicken nuggets. I just think it, nuggets. Yeah. If they, they could have done chili. I think in store you could do chili. Yeah. Uh, on the app, all, on the app they, they give you just, they pre-do it for you. But in, in store, you get a bunch of things to pick from. 
What, what? I would probably do a baked potato if I had the option. Wendy's is the goat of, of, of the dollar menu. Then it went, then it went value menu, but they four for four is dollar menu stuff. That's goat status for, for Wendy's when it comes to that stuff. Um, I tried a smash burger for the first time um, a few weeks ago. It was good. Bonnie likes it. I like it. it it's like a step above like fast food. It's like that in between. Well, yeah. I, I don't know they call it fast casual or whatever. It's like a little bit better quality than fast food. I don't like it as much as Shake Shack, but I like it better than like Five Guys. But it's not frozen. Uh, no. Shake Shack could be frozen. I don't know. Shake Shack's not frozen. It's not? Mm-mm. Okay. Because I know my frozen burger taste. When I taste it, I'm like, that's frozen. Oh, no. Shake Shack is not frozen. There's a Five Guys over here. i got to try it. Yeah. I've had Five Guys in like 15 years. Is that over- overblown? Yeah, it's very overrated. Okay. All right. You know, people get touchy about their fast food stuff. Oh, they do. Whataburger, in and out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. How about both of them are fine? They're also both fast they're, food They're burgers. all fast food that yeah. are frozen. <laughs> How, how good can burger be? You're making a thousand in an hour. How good could they be? Uh, in and out is fresh, and I believe Whataburger is fresh too. I think most of the major fast food places are fresh now. Um, are they? Uh, McDonald's, is McDonald's quarter pounders are fresh. Their standard burgers are still frozen. I'm sure. And I only like the standard ones that are cheap. I like that cheap McDonald's taste, like once or twice a year. I'm like giving that thing that almost tastes like beef. It tastes <laughs> also like chemicals. Give me, give me this thing uh, that tastes hamburger adjacent. Yes. Yeah. It's almost burger. <laughs> All right. That's Ian. That's me. I'm Pat. Go buy yourself an Argy Boy.